Welcome to Manager Tools. Today's topic, project management basics, now and later tasks. Here we go. At the start of a project, there are usually discussions about who's going to do what, when they're going to do it, you know, typical, you know, horseman law project management, right? There you go. <laughs> and, and those discussions turn to what are the tasks? What are we going to do? What order do we do them? Right. And what are their exact order? Right. And that's where it breaks down a little bit, right? Yeah, it's it's way better. Too many managers get bogged down into let's build the first four weeks of a perfect project plan with every dependency fully in place. Let's examine every task. Let's think about its length. Let's think about all the various factors, um, which usually they think about the wrong things, frankly. And they end up spending way too much time on every single weed in the patch. And they're not really getting anything done. And what's worse, they're they're lying to themselves, believing that that level of accuracy will hold true as the project starts, right? And it's way better to start with some rough estimates and then refine the details as you go along. Much the way we talk about our coaching uh, recommendations that we say, look, plan the next couple of weeks. And then when you get to the end of the next couple of weeks, talk about where you go from there. Now, look, before I give you the outline, just want to make sure that everybody understands that the guidance we're going to talk about today references principles in our earlier guidance, which you just referred to Horseman's Law of Project Management. Uh, there's a podcast and show notes if you're a licensee. Uh, you don't, it's not necessary to read it, guys, or to listen to the podcast, but we encourage you to do so if you haven't when time permits, because that's a pretty long cast. I think it's two or three-parter, isn't it, Mike? I think so, and it, but it's very good. <laughs> Unlike everything else we do, it's really good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That one actually is good, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. exactly. Yeah. You have to listen to one cast. That's it. Yeah, it's, that's, that's the one. Yeah, good. So look, four key points we want to make when you're starting a project, okay? Number one, don't try to predict exact duration and delay required for each task. You're not going to be any good at it, folks. You're not. You're predicting the future. People who are good at predicting the future are good at it about 50% of the time. Okay. And, and the problem with that is you start getting in this habit of thinking the first thing I have to do is plan. And then after all the planning's done, when the planning's perfect, then I'll act. Well, you're just delaying the acting and the acting is what you get paid for. The second thing you do is after you brainstorm the tasks that you need to get done, In the short and or long term, you determine basically which tasks that have to be done first or immediately, and you call those now tasks. So basically, if you've got 100 tasks, and that would probably be too many for a brainstorm, you'd say, okay, clearly 20 of these are now tasks, maybe. You'd go through and say, you know, this one we got to start tomorrow, because there's a whole bunch of dependencies on that one, okay? Then after you've got all the now tasks labeled, and you can actually do these kind of at the same time, um, but you don't have to. You can go through and just do the now ones, and you go back through and say, okay, if it's not an now, then it's got to be a later. Okay. And you can do an in with a circle or an L with a circle, or you could write now and you can write later. And, and the whole point of this is just doing a very rough, I mean, just as rough as you can be segregation of your tasks based on how much, which ones are going to work on first with the idea being is that we're going to focus on planning around the now tasks. And the fourth point we're going to make is you assign the now tasks, meaning who's going to do it? When are they going to do it by? That, that's the whole key to task management. Who does what by when? Uh, if a task isn't assigned to somebody, it's not going to get done. If it doesn't have a deadline, it's going to take forever, which is to say it's not going to get done, right? And then if you want to, you can assign later tasks too, but there's risk with that and we'll talk about it. Cool. Okay. So let's, let's talk about our first point. Don't try to predict exact duration and delay for each task required. 
it's just too much, right? We talk about this all the time, and and we're going to get a, a teeny bit theoretical here, guys. But hopefully, the the more detailed outline we give you there in the first thirty seconds of the cast is helpful to you in terms of understanding basically what we're going to talk about. We just want we want to explain a little bit of the why here. Early in a project, there's a ton of stuff that's going to be done. You can see things that are going to be done one, two, three, four months from now. All those tasks are in your head, but many of those tasks you won't be able to do them for weeks or months. Now, now. You know you need them, but you won't be able to do them. The fact that they're in your head are really not helping you in the next couple of weeks. I don't think you get guru status for saying, if you tell me a project, I can tell you every single task that has to be done in it. Because frankly, there's 30% of the tasks. Even if you know that one task is going to have to be done six months from now, there are 200 more tasks that will also have to be done six months from now that you don't know yet that are going to be based on what happens in the next six months. And so the one that you do know isn't really all that terribly impressive. Yeah, if, you know, if you're writing a historical novel, you know at some point you're going to need to get it printed. Yes. <laughs> but you got to write it first, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and we see a lot of managers who, as we'll talk about in a minute, really adopt kind of a project manager mentality, which can hurt you. It can help you a lot, and it can hurt you as well. And look, if you start getting into a discussion for every one of the tasks that you basically come up with in a project, for every one of the tasks about uh, when they're going to be done and you're discuss with everybody who's going to do them, you're going to get as many ideas for those things as there are people in the room. You just are. If you're a seasoned project manager and you have big project wins under your belt, you know, you're building skyscrapers or office buildings or a part of the space shuttle or something like that. Uh, if you're one of those people, then to some degree, you're going you're gonna to be frustrated with this cast, okay? But you're not normal, okay? We, we love you, but you're not normal. Mike and I joke that when we talk about things, well, this seems reasonable to us. And I say to him, dude, you're Abby normal, right? If it's normal to us, if it's regular to us, then it's probably not necessarily normal for our audience for all kinds of reasons, mainly because Mike's so cool, right? <laughs> uh, right? Oh. But look, if you are one of those guys, then you have no problem planning out a project and knowing that there are unknowns and what the knowns are and so on. The moment you get beyond, for most of us, the moment you get beyond the next few weeks worth of work, the chances of a clear plan being carefully adhered to are really small. Okay. What's important about that idea is it's a waste of time to plan now for things which are highly likely not to follow the plan precisely. And if you put a lot of precision into a plan that's six weeks out, I could promise you that precision is wasted. You know, now look, we make it a distinction here for those of you with huge projects under your belt. When I'm talking huge, I'm talking 50 million, 100 million. And the vast majority of managers that we speak to every week, that's not what they're talking about, right? Mike, when you and I talk about projects, we're talking about a couple of hundred steps, or may maybe it's a thousand steps, but the budget is not a million dollars. It's right. not. And if you have a million dollar project, um, I'd be willing to bet that a lot of you have million dollar projects, budgets of a million dollars, and you don't have a project manager. You really have to get into the what is it, the, you know, the eight figures, the 10 to $50 million projects where the people, where companies start saying, yeah, we need a project manager specifically just to keep track of all this stuff, which is false, but anyway. So for those of you who have huge projects, okay, you guys might say, hey, Mark, no, Mike, you have to have a plan so that you'll be able to adjust. And so the adjustments that you're making will be made in light of knowing the overall goals. And guys, we agree for those kites of big projects. 
But there's a distinction that we, you know, Mike and I have hinted at for, well, I think in a way, Mike, we've been doing this for eight years, even though we haven't really said it out loud quite specifically as this. We have to start making a distinction between regular line managers and, and the kind of learnings and the kind of tools that the project management universe talks about, endorses, uses, or at least talks about using. The typical line people manager, while we wouldn't argue that most of us need more project manager skills all the time because the world is becoming more project-based and it's becoming, organizations have become more matrixed, which is a really, really, really bad thing, but there are dictators in the world. So, you know, bad things aren't going to go away. Um, that's the, the nature of mankind. Even though they need more project management skills, that typical manager, the one we're talking to right now, you're unlikely to be able to use many of the kinds of skills and tools that the project management community tends to focus on more and more these days, particularly when they get responsibility for bigger and bigger projects. Most people managers managing a project don't need Gantt charts. They don't need PERT. Okay, and, and dude, you should know what a Gantt chart is, but if you don't know how to use one, don't feel bad. If some dude from finance comes over and says, where's your Gantt chart? He's just messing with you. Hell, it takes five minutes to learn how to make a Gantt chart. It's no big deal. It's the ones with the bars. I know that. Even critical paths, even websites, internal website, int internet sites with real-time updating. You know, most line managers don't need that level of stuff. Some of you do, and you know who you are. But 95% of you who are listening don't. Yeah, and you're, you're absolutely correct. And I, I think that's an important distinction to make because I think with things like GTD and getting things done by David Allen. Right, right, like right, right. Good point. More and more managers are beginning to think of things, their work, as a set of projects and managing projects, right? Right. But you can go too far, right? So if, as soon as you start thinking about all your work as a set of projects and then you start going down the path of critical path analysis and PERT and Gantt charts and all that kind of stuff, then you, yeah, you no, just dude. added yeah. too much weight to the whole thing. <laughs> oh, you chupacabra, you. Yeah, you can. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah, it's, it's, it's literally a $600 hammer, right? That's there exactly go. what it is. Yeah. So what we do need is simple, solid, rough and ready, basic, robust, early project manager behaviors. And we particularly would like to highlight the word early, okay? The earlier you get started, the better off your project's gonna be. The more activity you generate early, the more likely your project is to be successful. We don't argue with those of you who say, yes, but everybody seems so busy right at the end. Yeah, we know that's true. And the reason that's true is because they didn't do very well in the beginning. Or they spent a lot of time building a really perfect Gantt chart that nobody ever followed anyway. Look, here's the problem with, in a first or second meeting, coming up with 500 steps and a Gantt chart of dependencies and so on. Guys, the ability to predict the length of a task is not science. Yes, people in IT say, well, this programmer can do this, much, this many lines of code and create a module that can be QA'd this way and so on. No. Sorry, guys. That's what 100 programmers on average do. I just put a thing out. Remember, Mike, I put out a thing in Things I Think I Think a few weeks ago, which basically said, you don't think productivity is important? Apple has discovered that their best software developers is nine times more productive than an average software, productor, software developer at, one of the, at another firm. Nine. And that's been true for a long time. That's yeah, the very best. Yeah, exactly.
And they, of course, they pay him 10 times as much. Yeah, course, rightfully the, so. Yeah, All the great software that. developers out there just moaned because they know that's yeah. not true. Yeah. <laughs> so, so look, the fact is those lengths of tasks, planning the project, figuring out how long things going to take, it's an art. It's not math. It's people. It's priorities. It's even days of the week. I'm amazed at this. Now, I'm going to get, I'm going to get some interesting mail from this. I know. Guys, you know that the actual days of the week that a task is done changes the number of days that task needs to be scheduled for. You know this, right? I mean, everyone knows this, right? If a task ends up getting broken up over a weekend, you have to add a day. And I don't mean one of the weekend days. I mean an extra weekday when you're planning hours or days to its length. That makes no sense. That makes no sense. Oh, yeah, because we're all robots, right? And we leave Friday. And on Friday afternoon at 5 o'clock, we are at the exact same level of productivity as we are at 8 o'clock on Monday morning. I mean, that's how I am. Of course, of course. Yeah. I'm a machine. Yeah, that's... No yeah, resumption yeah. costs there, none. Zero. Yeah, none, none. Yeah, well, depends on your weekend, I guess. Yeah, but have I ever seen a Gantt chart that shows that? No. And when I asked a guy once, I said, dude, that, that's not right. He says, sure, it, is. it takes three days. I said, yeah. Thursday, Friday, Monday? You think he's going to finish on Monday when he took the weekend off? He's got to get back into it. He's going to have all kinds of new stuff. No, it just takes three days. That's the way the tool works. Oh, so now we're making decisions based on how the tool works. Wow, I'll tell you, the, the machines are taking over. When you start adding all of the art, like, for instance, that bit there, on top of your earlier art about links and measurements and who's going to be assigned, there's probably... Four to five weeks out in any project, 10 to 20% play. In other words, variance that would not be considered failure or fabulous success. It's just normal. Some things are faster, some things are slower. It makes no sense, guys, to be toying with individual task links in a planning phase for a month that's going to happen six weeks out or to be worried about the start and stop day of a particular task four, five, six, eight weeks out on day one, because you're going to be wrong. And you're going to spend the precious time being wrong at the beginning of the project, which is the most valuable time you have in a project. So not good. Now, look, go back just for a second to the PM methodologies, because we love project management mentality. We love the philosophies. We love the practices. We wish more managers were PMP and were associated with PMI and so on. Most PM methodologies would suggest, well, you guys are kind of in a gray area here because good planning, if you do good planning, it doesn't just predict the future, which is, which is the, what we're implying it does, that it actually creates the future. And they're right to a degree. We've still found that too many of us regular managers need simpler tools. We need actions we can take to start people working on tasks versus planning more tasks and guessing, look, let's just call it that, guessing on their timing and on their dependencies. And basically what we're saying in this cast is, you know immediately some things that need to be done. And you roughly know some are earlier and some are later. That is all you need, that knowledge, capturing it and sharing it with people, to get tasks assigned to your team and get work done to accomplish it. Guys, here's a way to think about projects. Don't start your projects by planning first. In other words, only planning first and then beginning to work. Everybody has a plan until the shooting starts. And then your plan, of course, changes. Think of the first days or weeks of the project as both work accomplishment and as a planning period. Get work started immediately 
and take a few days while those tasks are getting started and getting done to work out all the deals of the details of the initial plan and then continue to roll out the plan. And as your plan starts meeting its deadlines routinely, now you can start thinking about planning further out because the team has shown it's reliable. If they're not meeting their deadlines, you need to start planning less for the future and start worrying more about individual tasks being done and worry about the deadlines in the next three or four days. And that's really what this cast is about. And it just gives you the first step in doing that. Right. And so one of the simple tools is to boil it up to a higher level and start thinking about after you brainstorm all the tasks, what are the things we need to do immediately, right? The now things versus the things that are going to be done later. And so the first thing is like figure out what you can do now. Right. In other words, if you have a hundred tasks, you don't break it up into software and hardware and logistics and support functions and PR and catering and uh, shift work schedules and all these various things say, okay, let's break up each task and put it into a category and then we'll Gantt chart each category and then we'll look for conflicts across dudes. No, no, that's bad. It's, it's good if you're sending a man to the moon or to Mars, it's good if you're building a skyscraper like my niece, Liza, but most of us don't need that. Okay. So what we do is we start our initial planning. Here's what we do. We're starting a typical project. We're likely all in a room together, at least some of, maybe all of the project team members. And look, guys, if it's just you as the PM, that's fine too, okay? You brainstorm, you and your team brainstorm as many known tasks. And by the way, I'm just gonna do an aside here. This is not in the show notes, but I'm just gonna say, a lot of people will sit in these PM meetings when you're project meetings, when you're doing brainstorming tasks, and they'll say, well, we don't know this and we don't know that. Guys, every once in a while, it's good to have a little bit of, of role power. And you say, look, we're brainstorming here. We're not talking about what can't be done. Okay. Uh, that's one of the great rules about brainstorming is you have to, you know, it has to be positive. Um, don't tell me what can't be done. Easy. We can pay people. We can pay people almost nothing to come up with all the reasons why things aren't going to work. So you brainstorm as many known tasks as you can do in a few minutes. And, and guys, just get the obvious ones. Don't worry whether you're complete or not, because you won't be, you can't be. It's impossible to be completely complete, no matter how long you take. So assume diminishing returns on task planning happens pretty fast, okay? Then you've got a big brainstorm list. Maybe it's on a whiteboard. Maybe it's on a window outside my living room. Maybe it's on a scratch pad. It doesn't matter, okay? And label the ones that you need to do right away or that you can do right away if resources available and mark them as now tasks. If there's something that 20 other tasks in the later list are clearly dependent upon, yeah, we got to find a vendor because every vendor is different or whatever. Okay, that one's a now. And frankly, if 20 things depend on it, it doesn't matter if it takes a couple extra days, really doesn't. Because if you get it right, those next 20 are going to go a lot easier. And all you're doing is marking them down as now tasks. And and guys, what we're doing here is a really, really rough version of a Gantt chart. Rather than saying there are 85 tasks and we're going to put them in sequential order from 1 to 85, we're going to say, we know that 10 of these tasks are 1 through 10. And we know that the other 75 happen after 10. Some of them will be 80. Some will be 60. Some will be 40. But we won't be working on 40, 60, or 80 for a number of weeks. But we are going to be working on 1 through 10 right now. So we're making sure that we capture 1 through 10 as now tasks. And we're not really worried about whether something is a 40 or 60 or an 80. Yeah, you got like two phases of your project. 
their milestones one's now and one's later <laughs> yeah the, in fact of course i think some people you, your your point can be extended that some people have already figured out i really ought to have two thought processes in my head on a new project i'm on now and later right and tomorrow there'll be a new now <laughs> unless of course unless of course none of your tasks from today got done in which case well i guess it is a new now it's today's task plus what used to be tomorrow's cast that are now today, which reminds you, of course, of one of my favorite, favorite signs in a restaurant, free beer tomorrow. So, so it's a very rough Gantt chart. Now, guys, if you're a PM guy, if you're Cornelius and you're listening, okay, I just said it's a very, very rough version of a Gantt chart. Cornelius is probably saying, Mark, that's a rough version of a Gantt chart the way playing a violin for the first time is roughly Mozart. And <laughs> dude, dude, you're right. We're, you're right. All we're saying here is, hey, I don't know whether this is a two or three day tasks or whether you should start it today or next week, but I know it has to come before these other 10 things. And the sooner we do this one, the sooner we know more about what's next. And so this one's going to be a now one. And we might be wrong on some of them, but it's such a gross segregation. The chances of you being wrong are pretty small. Whereas if you try to say, I'm going to give you 85 tasks and there is a correct order and you only get to start your project when they're in the correct order, the chances of you getting the correct order the first time, unless it's alphabetizing something, is zero. zero. It's zero because the subtlety is involved and because different people have different opinions about how long things take. And there's not always a manual. Okay, So all we're doing is capture next, next to those tasks that are now tasks, write the word now. That's all. Good. And then, of course, once you've done that, then you assign, well, I don't know, do you assign or maybe you assign later tasks? Look, we've got the now and there's an assumption oh, that I'm the sorry. rest yeah, of them are later. You to assign them to somebody, of course. No, no, no. We're going to wait on assigning yet. Look, you can do this a step all at once. I think we've done this before. We use this tool. And when we do it, Mike, because I've done it before, you, what you basically do is you, you just go through and say, that one's a now, that one's a later. If you've done it a lot. What most people do the first couple of times is they say, I'm going to make a list of nows. And then I'm going to back through and make sure that everything that I'm about to make a later that wasn't a now makes sense to me as a later, right? Okay. And then maybe you have one or two out of place. All you're doing right now is saying rough Gantt chart. We ain't assigning them yet. We just know that some things hap have to happen before other things. Your, your point about the printer, right? I mean, the book's going to take two years to write, or in our case, eight years, right? No, guys, it was written several years ago. You don't need a printer for a couple of years, right? No sense in working on the printer right now. We know the printer is going to be a later task. Buying software actually could be a later task, but putting pen to paper and writing the first word, that's a now task, as the war of art will tell you. So all we're going to do is we got the now task and we're going to do the same thing for the later task. Since you brainstormed all the tasks at once, and by the way, it's okay to add more tasks anytime. If you know, if it's very clear to you, oh, we left something out. It's obvious. And everybody goes, yeah, you're right. We got to do that. Then you just add it to the list. It's no problem. And you've got all these tasks. The next part of our work can happen at the same time, as I said, as the now task, but it doesn't have to. And what you do is you go through the every, all the tasks that are remaining and make sure they're later tasks. If you missed a couple that you thought were laters or didn't think there were nows and then you want to add them to the nows, that's fine. But you're going to end up with a certain number of tasks X and a group of X, which is Y, is going to be the now tasks and the later tasks are going to be X minus Y. So if there are 20 tasks and five of them are now, 
there'll be 15 leaders. That's just how the math works. Now, unless you decide that one of those tasks is moot and you cross it out, in which case you now have 19 tasks. Okay. Remember though, we're only identifying tasks, which tasks roughly come early and which ones come late. We're not deciding who's going to do them. Right? We're not worried about that. We're not worried really how long they're going to take, what kind of level of effort. We don't care about that. Okay. All we care about is, is it going to be something we do right away or is it not? And I've actually had now versus not, but it confuses people. It does. People read the board. If you're doing whiteboards, like, is that a now? Is that a not? But, but the whole point, the whole point of now and not is to make clear we're not going to work on that because we can only work on the now stuff. And there are guys I know who say, I really like the planning stuff. And, you know, there's a part of me, I admit it. It's why some people write me notes and say, I'm not a nice person that says, yeah, do you ever get any work done when you sit around saying, I like planning things? Yeah. How nice. Do you ever actually get anything done? But you've got to work at some point. And, and there are too many people who say, I'm going to refine. I'm going to refine. I'm going to refine. And it just doesn't make sense. It's not worth it. So now we've got all the tasks. We've got now, we've got later. And now, Mike, to your point, we're going to assign tasks. Okay. You've got tasks up there. There are some nows or some later. And now we blank out. We scotoma the laters. We focus exclusively on the now tasks. We think about or talk about the level of effort involved. But really, for each of those now tasks, what we're going to do is we assign them the what. We assign the task to someone. That's the who. And we give them a deadline. And that's the win for every single task we have up there. All the nows in the first planning session you have, all the nows leave the meeting but with the person who owns them and a deadline. Yeah, and this may be the most important thing a yeah, project manager say, yeah, can do yeah. right away, right? Assign, assign work with deadlines to people, right? It's, yeah. Ultimately, that's the only way work gets done. Assign work with deadlines to people. Yeah, what did I say earlier? If it's not assigned, it'll never get done. And if it doesn't have a deadline, it'll take forever, which is... The same thing is never getting done. The value of this now and later thinking is it gives you a rough place to start in terms of assigning work. If you wait two to three to four days to come up with what you think is a better, more perfect plan, the downside of that is no work will have gotten done during those days anyway. So you start with a better plan when you start working, but you start two to three to four days late. And in our experience, that's not a good trade-off because that plan, you can't make it perfect. Now, can you assign later tasks as well? Yeah, sure. If you want, you can. The problem with assigning later tasks is that you begin to feel like you're resource constrained because I've assigned five things to Robert. Well, but four of them are later tasks, none of which he's going to do for three weeks. I mean, all you're going to do is make him feel anxious about the fact he's got stuff to do in three or four weeks. Um, and if you think that people sit around in your organization and accurately predict their level of workload a Thursday, four weeks from now, you're smoking crack, my yeah. friend. They ain't doing that. They're not knowing, oh, look, there's a gigantic, there's a gigantic overlay of 17 tasks all due on the same day for me. And I manage my time down to the five minute increments. Yeah, there is one billionth of a percent of the human race that's that way. But the vast majority of people are just normal people. And they don't realize until the Monday before the Wednesday where it happens. Oh, my gosh. I have three presentations and four deadlines on Wednesday. But they're not going to know that five weeks in advance. It doesn't work that way. And so the idea that you're assigning later tasks 
on this, you know, six, eight weeks in advance and you're going to be good at it, not really high. But if your now tasks are all very short and they're all in the next couple of days and your people want to get a head start on the laters and you don't feel your team will feel overwhelmed by leaving with now and later tasks and say, oh, I've got seven things to do. When in fact, again, we only want them working on the one now thing that they got. The other six later ones, if I see you working on a later, I'm strangle you. Okay. So yes, we can assign and deadline the later tasks. We've got to make clear though, that stuff ought not to be being done. And I got to tell you the number of people, if they've got a task, they're going to try to figure out a way to get some of it done now. Many people will, particularly if they like that task and they will do that at the expense of their now task. There's the problem. That, that's exactly what I was thinking. I would, yeah. I don't know. My, my tendency would be not to assign them just to give them one less distraction, one less thing to take them away from the things that we've already decided as a group that are most important, the now tasks. Exactly, and to be clear, if you assign them, when we say assign, we mean give them to somebody, give a task, which is the what, to somebody, which is the when, and it has to have a deadline. An assignment includes a deadline. And guys, remember something. If it's six weeks from now, there's a chance that the now tasks will cause modifications in the later tasks. And if your guy thinks he's getting ahead and doing some of his later tasks now, he may have to redo it later. So. Yeah. I encourage caution about assigning later tasks now. And I know that sounds simplistic, guys, but based on the managers and the conversations that Mike and I have in the field, this tool that I've been using for years works like a charm and too many managers are overthinking it and trying to be project managers for something that really is only 100 tasks. And you just don't need that level of, of, of strength, of power. So guys, don't try to predict duration and delay for each task. Determine the tasks that need to be done first. Call them now tasks. The rest of the tasks you've got in the first brainstorm are later tasks. Assign those now tasks with deadlines and owners and so on. And if you want, assign some of those later tasks, but recognize there's risks there. Look, guys, projects stymie the best of us. They're complicated, the length, the details. It's too much to keep in your head. And beginnings are really delicate for projects doing accurate analyses of each task that's going to be coming up in the next 10, 12, 15 weeks is just impossible. But getting to working on things right away, working while you're planning, getting tasks accomplished, gives us more time to lay out the tasks that we, we're still not certain about in a reasonable order. And you'll end up feeling, the people on the team will say, wow, we're already making headway. And the plan is serviceable enough that we're being effective. And that's it. All right. Thanks, my friend. You bet, partner. All right, we'll see you. Thanks, everyone. Hope you enjoyed it. And we'll see you back here again next week. In the meantime, have a great one. So long. <laughs>